Chapter 6, Life Without a Car. The next day, I began life without a car. Got up, took my daily morning shower, walked to the Dunkin' Donuts, ordered my coffee and a muffin, read the paper, and walked back. Beautiful day. Went to the computer, checked my bank accounts, checked the mail, did some paperwork, and pretty much began the day in a somewhat routine fashion. I realized that I needed a workout. How am I going to get to the gym? Let me call my cousin Louis. Louis is like my brother. We grew up together. His mother and my mother are sisters. He was my best man. I was his best man. He's my godfather to my daughter Mary, and I am godfather to his son Daniel. Louis, how are you? I proceeded to tell him I needed a favor. I needed a ride to the Hilton the gym. Without hesitation, he says, okay, what time? No questions asked. My response is, whatever time is good for you. So he picks me up about 12.15. I've got a bag packed, and he's right on time. I walk downstairs. I'm waiting for him. Where's your car? Right over there, I tell him, pointing to the parking lot. He looks at me and, smiling, asks me what happened. I tell him the truth. I got a DWI. We both laughed, and as I tell him the story, Lewis is the best. No expectations, no lectures, no bullshit. We've been through too much together since we were kids. He tells me any time I need a ride, just call him. I knew that already. He drops me off. I go to the locker room, and it's just like a normal day. I change my clothes, go into the gym, begin my workout. Elliptical, 35 minutes, 20 minutes of weights, 10 minutes on the treadmill, 5 more minutes of weights, pool, jacuzzi, pool again, shower, shave, back into my street clothes, and I'm ready to go. I'm ready to leave. I feel great. Hmm. Now, how the hell am I going to get home? My mind starts working. The Hilton has a shuttle from the hotel that will take you in any direction for about five or six miles. One of the drivers, Al, also works out in the gym and with our schedules, and when they coincide, we bullshit as we both work out. He's a nice guy, so I wonder if he's driving the shuttle that day. I asked to get the front desk, and yes, he is, but he's out on a run, should be back shortly. So I sit in the lobby and wait patiently. Sure enough, about 10 minutes later, he pulls up. Hey, Al, I was wondering if you could do me a favor, I ask. What do you need, kid? I tell him that I need a ride into the town of Bethpage, which is about five miles from the hotel. No problem. I get in the shuttle bus, and he drives me into town. And there it is, BK Sweeney's Bar and Grill. Vodka, lunch, wine, I'm all set. After finishing my lunch and halfway through my second glass of wine, it occurred to me that I had to find my way home. My place is in West Babylon, about 10 miles from Sweeney's. It was a beautiful summer day and about a little after 4 p.m., so being outside was not a problem. I was a little tired from working out in the day in general. I knew eventually that I was going to have to get used to taking the bus, so I decided now was as good a time as any. I paid the bill, picked up my duffel bag, and began walking to the nearest bus stop, about three blocks away. Got there and waited. Sure enough, about ten minutes later, the N81 bus arrived. The N stands for Nassau County. The only problem was I was going to Suffolk County. I knew this, but I figured once I got on the bus, the bus driver would send me in the right direction. I was right. I got on paid the fare, $1, and started to ask questions. 
The driver, a nice African-American man, stopped me in my tracks. Just tell me where you're going. I told him and he informed me that this bus would go to Hempstead Turnpike where I'd catch, I would catch the N72, which goes to the Babylon train station. Then he hands me this little slip of paper. What's this, I ask? A transfer. No new fare. So I was getting a ride all the way to Babylon for a buck. Okay, I'm in. I sit down in a well-air-conditioned box, and we arrive at Hempstead Turnpike. I walk across the street where the driver told me to wait for the next bus. Five minutes later, it arrives. I get in, hand the driver the transfer, and I'm on my way. I hadn't been on a public transportation bus in years, and I must admit, it's an interesting experience. You meet people who are the salt of the earth on the bus. The N72 proceeds down Hempstead Turnpikes and follows it until... It forks to the right on Route 109 in Farmingdale. As we are riding, I strike up a conversation with a black guy who's got a Yankee hat on. Yankee fan, I ask? Been one for 60 years. He then proceeds to tell me he was born in South Carolina, moved to the Lower East Side of New York City when he was 10, and moved to Wyandanche about 45 years ago. Real nice guy. Great guy. I take a guess he's between 70 and 75 years old. I'll be 73 in November, he probably proudly tells me. He looks great. Anyway, we start talking sports, Yankees, Knicks, etc., etc., and all of a sudden I realize that the bus is approaching a stop on Route 109 right by the shop right across the street from where I live. Amazing. This wasn't so bad. I tell this guy, I shake his hand, I got to get off here. I get up, and I'm home. After that day, I started taking the bus as often as I could. The next morning, I got up and walked to the bagel shop, came back home, got on the computer, Googled Suffolk and Nassau County buses. I was impressed. I could take a bus to the town of Babylon. I could take a bus to the Hilton Hotel when I wanted to go to the gym. And if I mapped it out correctly, I could take the bus almost anywhere I needed to go. So I adjusted. Most of all was the fact that I could take the bus to and from the town of Babylon. Babylon had restaurants, bars, and a smoke shop where I could pick up cigars and actually sit down, smoke a cigar, and bullshit with the other guys who did the same. Doctors, lawyers, architects, etc. All kinds of guys who, instead of going into a bar, would stop in the smoke shop, buy a cigar, sit in a big chair, smoke it, and solve the problems of the world. So for the next 30 days, about three or four days a week, I would trek into Babylon. If it was a nice day, I'd walk. It's about a mile and a half walk, so I'd get my exercise in. Either way, the S25 for Suffolk, S for Suffolk, was the bus that I could pick up, and it would let me across the street from my home. The driver was a nice black woman who told me she'd been driving for over 20 years and was going to retire in December. After a few rides... She'd actually let me off right in front of my place. So I slipped her 10 bucks one afternoon, and I never had to pay again. The bus ride was always interesting, mostly minorities. I always felt like they, that they were looking at me, wondering what the hell I was doing riding on the bus. Anyway, I'd get to Babylon, usually about 2 or 2.30 in the afternoon, have a couple of stolies on the rocks, order lunch, have a couple of glasses of wine, stop in the smoke shop, smoke a cigar, and then make my way home. At the beginning, I'd go to Argyle, but I found the class of people there weren't exactly my cup of tea. 
including the bartender, who I call Ponytail Paul. Nice enough guy, but a little too impressed with himself for me. Plus, I never trusted guys who were, who were bald and who grew the back of their hair long and put in a ponytail. I never trusted people who wore toupees either. So I started looking for another place to have lunch, and I found Lily Flanagan's, an Irish pub right down the street when you first got into town. I'd always known Lily's was there, but I'd never tried it. One day, I figured I'd give it a shot. And I loved the place. The bartender, Dwayne, was a hell of a nice guy, and we hit it off right away. He was from Ireland, and he was a rugby player and a real down-to-earth guy. I had played rugby at Hofstra. They had a club team there and needed players. One of my wrestling buddies was in the club and challenged me to come out one afternoon. I had no idea what rugby was, but when he told me I didn't have the balls to play it, I became curious. So I joined the club and learned to love the game. I only played that one fall, but I'll tell you, in my opinion, if the game was promoted properly here in the States, it could become very popular. I've often wondered why these rugby players who wear no equipment hit just as hard, scrum just as rough, tackle just as violently as the players in the National Football League who wear equipment that compares to a suit of armor never get hurt. Yet the NFL players suffer all kinds of injuries. Maybe it's the equipment. So for the month of August, on the days I didn't go to the gym either by bus or getting a ride from Lewis, those were my days. Wake up, shower, shave, get the coffee, read the papers, do some work on the computer, play the car, go into town either by bus or walking, have a few drinks, lunch, have a smoke, return home, watch baseball, go to sleep, get up, and do it again. I was under a wonderful house arrest.